Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben, with me here this week is Dave. Good evening. The Canadian with a badonkadonk. And I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know why I said that. Well, it's, it just it's, came it's, to it's me. accurate. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you do have a bite. I am packing. I think. Yeah. And Brandon, the most glorious ginger. What is up? Not quite as big of a dumpy as Dave, but I'm doing my <laughs> damn best. You know, it's funny because I've never once like had a thought in my brain about how big Dave's dumpy is. But now, like all I can think about is how big is Dave's dumpy? I haven't seen it in a while. No, voluptuous. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's all the all the way up north. I've got uh, (laughs) an abnormally long um, butt crack. I've been told. Okay. It goes high, so like plumber butt is a prevalent issue for me. Um, Okay. So yeah, I mean that that's probably something you didn't know about me. So there you go. I didn't. I'm trying to, and I can't think of any instances when I've seen your plumber butt. So has that kind of turned yeah. you off from the trade, or a hundred percent? That's okay. why I'm not a plumber. Gotcha. gotcha. You're like I'm dealing with all the negative ramifications of this job, and none of the benefits. That's right. I, I can't perpetuate that stereotype. I just I, I don't have it in me. How how, how could you, after all? <laughs> Do you think that people with abnormally large butt cracks are like inclined more so to the plumber trade, or is it like it's just random? How it I can say that a hundred percent of the people I know, which is me, uh, uh, have been dissuaded from joining the trade. So I think it's the opposite. Yeah. Okay. I think we're wow. I think we're onto something here. Um. Yeah. This might. Are you guys like we could do a joint paper on this and present it at the. Uh, like a TED talk or something. Yeah, I was gonna say th- this sounds like dissertation type material. Yeah, um, I'm not sure, but I'll pitch it. This is some social studies, I'm sure. It falls in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna pitch it to, but I do think that we should tell people that this is the HP podcast, your weekly <laughs> show about <laughs> video games and plumbers crack or anti plumbers crack, really, as the case may be. Uh, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom where you can sign up for a dollar a month or more if you want and get ad free early access to the show. And, uh, we also have a discord you can hang out in over at handsome slash discord. Lots of wonderful people there to talk shit with boys. It's been a relatively slow week overall and a very busy day. And we'll get into why it's a busy day later. But first, I just want to see, how do you feel about gaming this week? How did you... I mean, we'll talk about what we've been playing later. But, like, it's winter. Brandon, right now, you're trapped at home. Dave and I, we work from home. Uh, we just got, like, a butt ton of snow. Did anybody feel like, I got to play some games? Or have you been kind of out of the groove? I felt uh, great personally. I, I've been playing a lot of different things, and uh, I've been keeping up on my my resolution of playing more cooperative stuff and playing with people. And uh, I'll, I'll go into more specifics a little bit later, and as to what I mean about that. But uh, no, I I've uh, I feel good. You know, it, there's days when you wake up and they're just like, oh, I guess I'll play COD, and it's it's like you're settling for that because there's nothing else you feel inspired to play. But I've been the opposite of that. So just it's so much good stuff and there's just not enough hours in the day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as, as much as it sucks being at home a lot just because of, you know, the pandemic Everything. or, <laughs> you know, we had the snowstorm, too. It's it's um, the the hobby has has served its purpose and uh, and then some for me lately. Good. Yeah, good. no, I've I've had come kind of the similar effect, even though I've been kind of isolated a bit, I've continued to i guess isolate myself and embrace that in video games um i don't shy away from that sort of thing the snow can't keep me back um so i thought what a better way (laughs) than being trapped inside than to play a game at which i'm trapped underground um i just keep taking it a level deeper and deeper um right and i I don't know man i'm just embracing it video games have been good these past couple days and even though i've been stuck inside i've been completely content um and that is um thanks to my life but also thanks a lot to video games to be honest so nice awesome now what about I've you been... ben have, have you been able to switch it up i'm, I'm curious about this switch it up what yeah because we all know you're you know sea of thieves is 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 your your bread and or butter and and you have to play that a lot but did, are you have have you been able to find time outside of that to to you know play some other stuff or what, what's what's going on for you yeah a little bit um 
it's it's interesting because I was able to shed some responsibilities at the beginning of this year, and I thought, man, I'm going to have more time for video games. And really what I've had time for is like, oh, surprise, a little more family time. Uh, it's <laughs> just been really nice. So being able to like hang out with the fam and stuff a little bit more. But I've I've kind of felt like I've had less time for games overall. Uh, more time for Sea of Thieves, but just because that's really the streaming. And of course, that's like, you know, I love the game. Don't get me wrong, but like that's what I that's what I stream. So that's uh, been good to be able to have more time for that. But yeah, I've played a little bit of other stuff too. So we'll talk about that later. But I just kind of wanted to check in. I, I haven't felt like any strong urges to play anything like incessantly, but I'm hoping that changes pretty quickly here um, over the next couple of months. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the year is kind of set up pretty good. Um, and I, I'm excited to get into that this year. So for sure, man. All right, let's go to our first news story. And this comes from GameSpot, and it's about Monster Hunter Rise. Monster Hunter Rise passes 8 million sold after its PC release. And I was going to save this for later, but I thought, why not just throw it in here now and talk about it? Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, this, this is a quote from GameSpot. Monster Hunter Rise has passed 8 million copies shipped worldwide following its release on PC last week. This is up from the 7.5 million figure from September of 2021. The game has now reached 8 million sold across Switch and PC together. The entire Monster Hunter series has exceeded more than 78 million copies sold as of September 30th, 2021. And so with 8 million dollars in or 8 million copies in sales, Rise is now tied with Resident Evil 6 as the sixth best-selling Capcom game of all time. Now, how many copies did uh, Monster Hunter World sell? Last number I remember hearing is 13 million. Okay. So it's probably a little higher than that. So if you think about the 78 million copies, we know that World sold 13. Let's just call that 15 by this point. Uh, I don't know if that's actually accurate or not, but you know it's still doing well and popular. Uh, and then another 8 million for Monster Hunter Rise. Those are very clearly the two biggest games in the franchise if they make up that large of a percentage of the overall. Uh, what Dave, you're a big Monster Hunter fan, I know. How do you feel, first of all, about Rise passing 8 million? And actually, Brandon, you are too. Yeah. Uh, yeah or at no, least sure. the newer Monster Hunters. Um, how do you feel about Monster Hunter Rise passing 8 million? And then what do you think that means for the series as a whole? Uh, I think it's 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 impressive. I'll just correct myself before somebody else in the Discord does. So uh, I just checked it. Monster Hunter World, um, as of October 2021, sold over 20 million copies. So, 20 million. Uh, I thought it was high. So yeah. I, I knew it was around that, that range. As I said, it was like 13. So when I heard that Monster Hunter Rise had sold 8 million copies, I was quite impressed. Now, we say Switch and PC, but we have to keep in mind that the PC version just launched last week. So right, the fact right. that this Monster Hunter entry on only the Switch was able to move this many copies in less than a year, um, one shows how much Monster Hunter World pushed the series into the mainstream, and mm -hmm. two, just how many Switches are actually out there. Um, yeah. I still think this is somewhat of a niche series. Um, even though a lot of people played world, it's tough to get into. Um, there's a lot that changed in rise with the new wire bug mechanics and, and all that kind of stuff. It was a fantastic game. One of the best games I played last year, but even with that said, it, it's still quite impressive that 8 million copies of this franchise on the switch alone. Um, so yeah, it's, this is something I wanted to talk about just cause I thought it was, it was pretty, uh, interesting. Uh, that they already got to that number. But um, I remember this time last year, or a little bit later in the year, it was closer to when Rise launched. Brandon, you were mulling over the idea of playing this game. Did you actually play Monster Hunter Rise last year? No, no, I never ended up getting to it. And I think that was mostly because it was on Switch. Um, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, at the time, I was hankering enough that I popped back into World for a little bit. And that's the majority of my experience. Actually, that's all of my experience with the series, actually. Um, but I played a couple hundred hours of that and really, really loved World. Um, I can agree with you there, Dave. I think it was a a nice stepping stone for a lot of people to get into the series. Um, and I'm not surprised it sold so well. I mean, I heard so well Rise. I, I heard how well Rise did, um, and I heard how well you talked about it. But um, no, I never ended up biting on it. Um, I just kind of quenched my thirst with World, uh, and then I guess I was satisfied. But Nice. I've only ever played Monster Hunter World, and of the however many hours I've played, I think 94% of them have been with Brandon. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of my entire experience. But I think, I mean, 
they they're they've got to do more in this series right they've got to have more but is it going to be more like monster hunter rise or monster hunter world because they're clearly like pretty different games right um i think the bones are the same obviously rise is a is a smaller game but i mean world was the first game in the series for me as it was for probably a lot of people that was the entry point um and i was able to take a lot over from from world into rise so i think I think the next um, the next entry in the series is probably going to be more of a sequel to World. Um, it's going to be a lot more of a mainstream entry. It's probably going to launch on all the different consoles, um, and I think it's going to be something that Capcom really wants to to move another twenty million copies, just like World did. That game that game really set an interesting precedence in the series. Um, I don't think Capcom expected that Rise was going to do the same, and I don't think most of the Monster Hunter community thought it would either. So I think what you're going to see next in the series, obviously we're going to get some DLC with Rise, which is Sunrise and Sunbreaker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think the next entry in the series is going to be another big one. That's that's for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that the next one... As Dave said, I think it will be a world game. I think their idea to kind kind of get those number back n- numbers back is the right way to go. Um, but I think it'll probably be a little bit of a combination between the two. I was seeing a lot of stuff about Rise that people liked that was not in World. Um, so I think they'll kind of take some pages from that book um, and make you know World Two um, kind of a little bit in between, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, they've, they're going to have to juggle it up. And obviously, they're going to have to bring something new because, I mean, it's kind of, it's not really a living game, but it is a living game in the same sense. Uh, at least World is. I don't, I'm not really all that acquainted with Rise, but they're going to have to do something kind of, you know, phenomenal and different, or at least like improving on what's already there in order to get people to jump. Because I think a lot of, I mean, a ton of people are still playing Rise even, or I'm sorry, are playing World, let alone Rise. And I think that's only going to, you know, stay the same as long as they don't have something crazy cool new to jump to. So I wish I knew more about that series. Every time I've ever tried to play it, it just seems like there's too much to sound. I mean, I kind of sound like an idiot here, but there's too much learning mm-hmm. to happen for me to like really get invested into it unless I was playing it nonstop. And so for that reason, I just haven't really dove in head first. I'd like to, I, I would like to, but I, there's only so much time. Yeah. And there's pirating to be done. True. That is true. Yeah. Okay. The next thing is that uh, PS3 games have started appearing on the PS5 store. This comes by way of videogameschronicle.com. And it says, quotes, when viewing a PS3 game on the PS5 store, the listing should direct the player towards the PlayStation Now version of the game. However, Dead or Alive 5 displays a price of £7.99. Other users on social media have reported seeing similar listings for PS3's Bejeweled, which everybody, I'm sure, was searching for, and Prince of Persia games, The Forgotten Sands, and The Two Thrones, each with their own purchase prices. At the time of publishing, which, by the way, the time of publishing was Sunday, January 16th, uh, users have been unable to purchase a PS3 game from the PS5 store, but the listings could be an error. But interestingly, Dead or Alive 5 is not on the PS3 store. I'm sorry, Dead or Alive 5 on the PS3 isn't available on PlayStation now in Europe. So it'd be interesting. Uh, They did file a patent recently that basically uh, I think Mark Cerny was the lead uh, on that. And he said, you know, basically they were looking for backwards compatibility spoofing and being able to kind of make games backwards compatible natively rather than just on PS now. But I don't know that we've seen anything else uh, from that. We also know, um that the spartacus thing we talked about a few weeks ago with uh them potentially launching a competitor to game pass you know that might be a reason for them to have these games listed as well brandon are you interested in being able to play ps3 games or or even previous to that on your ps5 uh yeah i think so it's something backwards compatibility is something everybody wants but i feel like it's incredibly underutilized um at least for me um and most of the people i've talked to but so you mean like people want it but they don't actually use it correct um at least in my experience um as great as i think it is um i think sometimes these old games are just old um and that's the long short of it i definitely think there is something to that spartacus you were talking about ben um Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if this is setting up some sort of framework that kind of got pushed out too early 
Um, I, right. I genuinely think that's what it is, if I had to guess, um, because we heard about it a couple months ago or about a month ago now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we got more news about that real soon. Right. Dave, are you going to play old games on your PS5? No, no. I have to take issue with something you said, Brandon, because I think it's 50% right, because I'm one of those people who doesn't want backwards compatibility and won't use it when it's there. But when you say PlayStation 3, there is one game I wouldn't mind going back and checking out if it was available and if it was um, put back in like complete online operation, which is Warhawk. Mm. Otherwise, um, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I just have no desire to go back and play old games unless they're like exceptional or if right. they've been completely remade. Um, so I, when I saw this news, it, it, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, I don't know if you guys can think of like, if, if you, if you got the entire catalog of PlayStation's, um, game available games available to you from the PlayStation three era, what's the first two games that you would play? Like what comes to your mind there? I'd probably Honestly, pick I PS2 most games. Have, yeah. I was going to say most of the ones I want that would fall into that category have been remade already. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to play the old ones. See, yeah. it's not, a, it's not a great generation to pull from in the first place. So it doesn't even like, right. It's, it's a hard sell for me personally. Again, Warhawk was really, really cool. But other than that, it's, I don't know. It's and I know there's a lot of people out there who this is really important to, but I I always wonder those people who really champion backwards compatibility. Um, those are generally the people who have bookcases full of those old games still sitting there. So I don't know how much value these digital libraries actually bring to people, and I don't know how much time these people actually spend playing these games. And I have a feeling that more people are like me, where you know they they're not really all that interested because. You know, the way these hardware makers and, and publishers and stuff don't really put uh, a lot of time and resources into putting old games on on new hardware just makes me think that people just aren't downloading them as much as maybe we think or maybe people are saying. So, yeah, dude, I did come up with one, though. It was a pack in game, I think. Motorstorm. Did you guys ever play that one? Oh, that game was actually kind of cool. I don't know if it was just because that's when we got the console. It was one of the first couple games, but I remember right. really, really fucking with that. The uh, mud it was a pack in the mud physics. Yeah, definitely cool. I mean, the ones I think of are games like the Uncharted. You know, Unch- was it Uncharted Two? Right. Uh, some of the Call of Duties from that era were great. Uh, God of War 3, but like all of those are available elsewhere and have been remade and stuff like that. Well, that's that. what so, I'm saying. I mean, this was also the 360 era, so like it could be anything. Oh, I just thought of one. I just thought of one. Sorry to interrupt Good, you. Man. Portal. Portal, oh, Portal 2. Oh, yes. Dude. Portal 2. That, but I have that on PC, so. Yeah, you could buy it on PC. I don't know that Valve will ever allow that. Allow what? Portal to be remastered. Oh, to be remastered. Yeah, I don't know about that. It was, a, I mean... Portal 2 was when PlayStation and Steam teamed up, and if you bought a copy on PS3, you got a free copy for P- for Steam. That's dope. Which was crazy. That's dope. Yeah, that's how I got it. Yeah, I'm with Dave, honestly. I don't know. Of all the generations we could pick, PS3 would probably be my least um, desirable. Yeah. Oh, and Red Dead. Was that PS3? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So we'll see what comes from this. There might be a few out there that I would I would want to play, but I have the option to play them now, and I don't, so we'll see. The next up is wait, did I have another story here? Is it are we moving right into? Oh, here we go. Xbox, Microsoft specifically, <laughs> has discontinued all Xbox One consoles, and this comes from The Verge, and it says. Quote, Microsoft has stopped manufacturing all Xbox One consoles. The software giant originally discontinued the Xbox One X and the digital Xbox One S ahead of the Xbox Series X launch, then quietly stopped manufacturing the Xbox One S at the end of 2020, leaving retailers to sell out their remaining stock. Quote, to focus on production of Xbox Series X and S, we stopped production for all Xbox One consoles by the end of 2020. Microsoft's confirmation comes just as a Bloomberg report suggests Sony had planned to end PS4 production at the end of 2021, but that the company will now manufacture around a million PS4s in 2022. I think we talked about that last week. Uh, Maybe we didn't, but I I thought about it. Sony has confirmed PS4 production is still ongoing amid struggles by both Microsoft and Sony to meet demand for their latest Xbox Series X and PS5 consoles. 
I don't know, guys. I mean, why why wouldn't they keep making a console that there's that people can still play games on? Right? That's what they're doing with the PS4. If they're gonna put the games out on PS4, they might as well keep making a few here and there. But at the same time, I'm like, well, why bother if you can sell them the new machine? Same goes for Xbox. They, they got a three hundred dollar console. Why would you want to buy another console for three hundred dollars? I think is about what the old Xbox Ones were uh, by the end of the life cycle. Um, I don't know, Dave. Can you see any reason they should still make them? Not really. Um, I'm sure they're still sitting on quite a bit of inventory. Uh, not necessarily because they're not selling. Well, that's part of it. Is they probably didn't sell a whole lot. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 Series S from a price point perspective really fills that that sort of segment. It does have the big glaring issue of it doesn't have a disc drive. Yeah. And as long as Series X's are readily available like they aren't right now, it still presents a bit of an issue. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what Microsoft wants to do is get through its inventory of, of old consoles that it already has. It wants to take whatever resources it has and commit them 100% to next-gen hardware manufacturing. Um but it also doesn't want to give people that decision to be able to buy into last gen. Um, I think what they want to do is give people as many reasons as possible to migrate to the next gen. Um, and, and, you know, this kind of marries nicely with the last conversation we just had about having your, your, you know, an, uh, a large catalog of last generation games on uh, next gen consoles. So, it's like, okay, you know, I want to buy an Xbox One because there's Xbox One games I want to play. Nobody says that, but maybe somebody is. Um, yeah. Microsoft's trying to make it as easy as possible for you to buy an S or an X if you can find it, and those games are already available for you. Again, probably with Game Pass. So I think it's just trying to influence that buying decision a little bit, committing resources and making sure that inventory gets moved because um, I'm sure there's still lots and lots of uh, Xbox Ones out there. Yeah. There's still one under my TV stand right next to my Series S, and I have no idea why I still have it, other than the fact it has a disk drive, which I will never use. Damn. Yeah. No, I agree with Dave. I think something that's unique to Xbox where they can kind of chop it off early is that they have more SKUs. I think that I agree with Dave. The S fits in there perfectly. Um, why compete with yourself? And you can get everything that you can get on the Xbox One on the S at a great price point. Um, I think that Sony has more of a difficult situation in producing because they don't have that cheaper skew. So the next best thing, if you want next gen is $500 regardless. Right. So I think it, it would be more advantageous for Sony to make PS4s longer because they don't have that cheaper option. So they could probably double dip in that pool. Whereas Microsoft is cutting out its own competition because it's close enough. You know what I mean? That's, Why not? Yeah. That's what you said earlier. You know, the price point is close enough on some of the Xbox ones that most people would just consider getting an S at that point. So, right. All right. Well, I think that was, that was the big Xbox news we had today. Um, thanks for about tuning the in. Series. Uh, yeah. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> Appreciate it. The show is going to be a little short today. Okay. Next up. And this is the main story. I don't know how much we'll talk about this or if, you know, sorry, we'll just go for before you get into it, I have to point out somebody in the discord. I think it was Edwin Castillo mentioned that finally news broke in time for us to record because we're always yeah, on know. the wrong side of this news. So this is this is this is kind of nice. I know. And tomorrow there'll be something even bigger. Somehow. <laughs> Dude, that's even I possible. hope not. Good Lord. Yeah. Bigger than this. All right. All right. This is directly from the Xbox website. And I think you all know what the story is. The title is Welcoming the Incredible Teams and Legendary Franchises of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft Gaming. I'm not going to read this entire thing, but the basics are that Xbox, Microsoft specifically, has signed an agreement to acquire Activision Blizzard. And I believe it's $68.7 billion that they have agreed upon. Now, these all still have to go through all the, the entities that allow these things to happen. And I think it's going to happen next fiscal year officially, 2023, which I'm not sure when their fiscal year starts and when it ends. But regardless, sometime within the next 18 months, this deal will be inked, I believe. And this is going to give Microsoft a whole bunch of 
new studios. They're going to have, of course, they're going to have Activision Publishing, which you know it's yet to be seen whether they'll continue to publish their own games like like uh, Bethesda is, or whether it'll transfer over to directly from Microsoft. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's the same, you know, the same. It's all the same pot. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch. There might be a couple more. In- I don't Infinity know. Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward. I, yeah, I think I, I, I don't know if I mentioned them or not, but there's a ton of them out there. And of course, you know, this means like a lot of stuff. We, we know that in the past, we'll talk about anything we want here uh you guys we've talked about in the past uh the the exclusivity debate what does legacy titles mean where will game pass be offered uh will this impact the price of game pass like there's so many things we can dive into here dave just to start your initial thoughts without knowing too many nitty-gritty details what are the first things that come into your head when you hear that xbox microsoft now owns activision blizzard well will will soon own activision blizzard uh clearly phil spencer's mom wanted more candy crush levels that's that's probably why this happened is there is there an infinite amount of candy crush levels there will be now but there was (laughs) she wanted some dlc or something um it's insane it's i just to put it in perspective like the bethesda deal that happened a year ago uh from a dollars and cents standpoint this is 10 times the value of that um, yeah, it's, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars and, you know, you look at the number and then you look at Activision and you're like, okay, I mean, if any acquisition is going to happen in this industry and it's going to have that number attached to it, um, Microsoft's going to be on the buying end and it makes a lot of sense that Activision is the one to do it. So I'm blown away. Um, I heard rumblings about this this morning and just kind of dismissed it because I was like, there's no way that could happen. Yeah. But it happened. Um, and it's this is this is going to change the landscape of this industry for decades, this acquisition. Yeah. Like Bethesda was one thing, but this is huge. Like this is this is monumental. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking at the list of studios like there aren't any insomniacs in there. There aren't any, you know, of these prolific, like amazing studios that create like interesting IP. But if you look at the top 10 games sold, like on any given year for the past 10 years, these games fall under like, like it's, it's almost invariably going to be a call of duty game or, right. you know, whatever else. Um, so yeah, this is, it's just, the amount of money that's just changed hands is, is huge. It's historic. Absolutely. Brandon, your thoughts, man. Oh man. I got a lot of thoughts about this. Um, but I just feel like Microsoft is filling up their infinity gauntlet. Um, and I'm just a little concerned. Um, now I, I pretty much agree with everything that Dave said. Um, the Bethesda was one thing, but this is on another level. I mean, not even just price wise, but scope, uh, I'm with him that I think this will change the way many of the games that we've played for the past 10 years will be played mm-hmm. completely differently, potentially. And it, I, as someone who has both consoles, I'm even still a little concerned about it, to be honest, because I guess I knew the way it was and I'm concerned with the way it's going to be. Um, right. Because, I mean, if I have to play Doom on my Xbox, that's fine, or Wolfenstein. But, like, that stuff and call of duty and you know whatever else Warzone, whatever it's just this is a huge chunk of the market um and i think that microsoft for years has been trying to catch up since the xbox one i mean we looked at their first push when they bought um hellblades uh whenever they Mm -hmm. they started buying up all those little studios that included hellblade it kind of started then and it's been like a momentous push ever since then i mean we got all those little studios and now we got all these bethesda studios um and now we got all these activision studios and blizzard um is one not to forget about it either um i've talked about a couple times on the podcast how i've wondered what blizzard is doing um, amidst all the scandal um you know they were supposed to put out overwatch 2 
And honestly, I was talking about it earlier with Lauren, and I think this might have something to do with it, why it's been such a weird transition. And we've got some weird bits of information about things coming from both of these studios. There's been strife with Warzone and there's been strife with Blizzard. And I bet this added to it in some way um, and kind of made it all very, very hectic, but completely unprecedented. Um, I thought the Bethesda deal was unprecedented, but this is somehow even bigger. <laughs> well, like, it was <laughs> like like times ten yeah. times ten bigger. It's it's crazy. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm trying to put them concisely, but yeah, it's just it's crazy. I I don't know what's going to happen, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it's going to be fine, and I think a lot of good things could come from it. Um, but it just really makes me wonder how things are going to change specifically. So yeah. I don't think I really have anything different to say than you guys did. But the one thing that occurred to me today when I'm just looking through this list of studios and trying to think about what games we'll lose, there's two things, really. One, Xbox in the past has said, Phil specifically has said that games that have a legacy, despite all their purchases and everything, games that have a legacy on PlayStation will continue to be released on PlayStation, even if they're part of an acquisition. You know, they said that with Bethesda. Uh, all of these games, to some degree, or all of these studios, to some degree, have a legacy on PlayStation. They do. Specifically, we're talking about Crash and Spyro. Like those were those were on PlayStation originally, and of course, all the Call of Duty games and everything. So, like, I just wonder how they'll play that. I have no problem if you own something, put it on. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily good for the industry, but if you own something, then yeah, put it wherever you want it to. That's that's your prerogative. I don't think that should be uh, mandated or dictated. That we shouldn't complain necessarily. I don't know if we shouldn't complain, but we should. We don't have a, a right to say they can't do that. But the one thing that Xbox has never done, and neither has PlayStation, Nintendo just started cracking into it, is mobile. And just think about the acquisition of King and Candy Crush and all of whatever else King does that's probably garbage. That's a monumental amount of money right there. Dude, that's his biggest Call of Duty. Like, uh, probably almost, literally, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you break it down, I would imagine. Yeah, it's uh, true. one of the things uh, it, it's funny. I when I when I saw this uh, uh, official article from Xbox, the Candy Crush one is the one that jumped out to me. But not knowing a whole lot about mobile gaming, I have to sort of defer back to, you know, the console part of it. And I, yeah. I remember when the Bethesda deal happened, the first thing that everybody started to ask is, does this mean that Fallout? uh elder scrolls starfield all that kind of stuff does that mean it's going to be xbox exclusive pc and console and we now know that starfield is now i don't know if it's a smart move for that's a new ip just uh yeah yeah but in any case i i'm sure that's what people are going to start asking about this deal is does this now mean that call of duty and overwatch and diablo are going to be exclusives and I really don't think that that is going to be the move for Microsoft simply because, um, you know, those are games that rely so much from a longevity standpoint on a large and healthy player base. So then if you just suddenly cut the Sony fans and folks out of the picture, then you really, really damage the long-term ability for those IP to actually make money. Lots and lots of money, which is what you're there for. Sure, if you kept Call of Duty as an exclusive on Xbox and PC, then you would get some people who would migrate over, but you get a considerable amount of people in the Sony ecosystem who would just say, it's Call of Duty, I don't care. Um, So how this actually plays out in three years, which is, I think, how long it's going to take for us to actually see things... um, change significantly obviously you know bobby kotick might be out um some of the names and stuff may change what i'm really hoping is um microsoft puts some empowers some of these developers in a position to actually work on something new and interesting because i can't even imagine how much wasted talent there is at like sledgehammer and infinity ward right now working on the same thing every year so that's what i really selfishly hope i think that might be a little bit naive to me because um, you know, as I said, these, these, you know, the games that these guys are making are, are printing money and they will for years to come. So maybe from a business standpoint, that doesn't make sense, but that's what I hope to see long-term. 
Quick question, a little sidestep. Hasn't Activision kind of been in bed with Call of Duty and Sony for years, though? Wouldn't we get exclusive maps all the time on PS4 and like exclusive packs? Is this? Yeah, but they pay for those. I guess, but yeah, man, I I mean, there has been a tie there for sure. They've been intricately involved with each other. Uh, but does that mean i don't know that's the thing like they've paid for that it's basically part of the marketing deal like hey we'll put the game on the front page of the store if you give us this map uh six months before it's everybody goes to everybody else or whatever so yeah but they've also paid the price for that so that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna they have anything invested i guess do you think that if sony was offered activision they would buy it i don't think they they could buy it. it yeah I don't know if they could. Let's let me. I'll, I'll look while we're talking. I just want to see what kind of cash holdings Sony has. I just wondered if that was like something on the table, you know, since they were so intertwined before. I get what you're saying, Ben. I mean, obviously they paid for all that. It's not like Activision just came to Sony and said, "Hey, have all this extra content." Um, but right. It just was not even in the realm of possibility for me yesterday yeah. that something like this could even happen, um, let alone Microsoft. So, um, just very very surprising especially yeah go ahead i i think a lot of people are looking at these acquisitions as um you know microsoft is really bolstering itself against sony but you know we've talked about tencent quite a bit on this show uh over the past couple months and i'm wondering how much microsoft is looking at at tencent not necessarily being reactive to what they're doing but how big of a player are they going to be in this And, and what does microsoft think it needs to do to sort of maintain competitive with them and um i don't really know where tencent is in the mobile space but i mean you guys made a great point like candy crush is an absolute behemoth um and now that microsoft owns this i wonder how that allows them to sort of position themselves in that in that sort of subgenre or part of the industry so i can't I, i don't think tencent can be sort of discounted here in terms of why this happened the way it did so. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, Tencent, we talked about it like a few weeks back. Was it they, I think on average, you know, however however you want to call this, they either invest then in or purchase outright a gaming company every three days on average last year. Like, that's absurd. So, you know, people have got to be moving and shaking if they want to not be under the foot of Tencent, basically. Uh, I, I looked it up, by the way. Now, I'm I'm pretty certain that Microsoft didn't just isn't just paying cash for this deal. Yeah, you know, there's probably some financing or something like that. But the reality is, Sony, on hand at the end of 2021, or at least according to this report from MacroTrends.net, Sony cash on hand for 2021 was 44 billion. Oh my! Now that's a 42 percent increase from 2019, which was only 30 billion. So they had 44 billion. That's not even as much as Microsoft the sticker price. Now, again, I think Microsoft probably is going to finance this in some way or trade stuff, you know, however. But Microsoft cash on hand for the quarter ending September 30th, so this is a few months old, is $130 billion. So they could have done this deal almost twice and not been out of, or, and been out of money. Ah, you know, like that, that would put them at their max. So like that just shows the, the vast difference. They have about $100 billion on hand in cash more than Sony does. So yeah, they could, so I'm sure no bank's going to tell Sony, no, you can't finance something. Right. But the reality is it wouldn't be a smart play for them to pull when it's going to be, you know, a few years before you recoup your cash. Dude, Microsoft's tap for this year. Who do you think's next year? Rockstar. <laughs> well, that's been the, the talk today. A lot of people online are, you know, and people, people like to pretend like they knew something even though they didn't really and there's been a lot of people saying like i heard something's happening with a rock star and it's like okay well i'll find out <laughs> i guess you know yeah like what am i okay if you told me a week ago heard microsoft's buying activision i would have said okay we'll see i would have said i doubt bullshit. it but we'll see i would have said yeah there, i mean i wouldn't have believed no it way. but right oh my god that yeah because we've been hearing these kinds of rumblings for a year and a half now. And especially after the Bethesda acquisition, everybody was like, oh, Microsoft's going to make another big move. And it's like, okay, sure. We'll, we'll see when it gets here. And not that I you know, necessarily doubt it. It's just like, why? I don't, I'm not a speculator. I don't love that kind of stuff usually. So also like uh, not to dive deep into this, but just as like an aside, 
I wonder if this was like in the works when everything was blown up with Activision. Well, that's been another part of the big discussion. We haven't really touched much on that controversy on the show, just because like it's not really the tone we have for the show most of the time. But you know, there's a lot of crap happening with Activision and Bobby Kodak and everything, and they've been asked obviously numerous, numerous times today, and I'm sure they had press releases prepared for it, and they've commented on their relationship with them in the past several months. You know, what's happening to Bobby Bobby Kodak? Is he going to stay? And you know. I know Bobby Kodak is a problem, but I don't like the fact that everybody's like, if Bobby Kodak's gone, we're free. You know, that's not the real, there's an intrinsic problem there. That's not going to happen. But basically it says he's going to stay on until the acquisition is complete. And then he'll report, or I'm sorry, actually they said that Activision would report to Phil Spencer. So whether that means that Bobby Kodak's going to stay on or whether he's already signed some agreement, getting the fat check to get out of there, uh, who knows? He still owns, you know, I think it's under a percent, but uh, some stock, which is a significant value for a company that just got purchased for almost $70 billion. Uh, even 1% of that's pretty, pretty high. So there's definitely a mess there, but I'm sure that they're going to have some changes in the leadership there. And hopefully that's for the better. Hopefully it's not too deeply rooted to not be able to get, you know, fixed and sorted. What I was reading was um, when the deal is finalized, he will be gone. Um, oh, okay, and his payout is like twenty-seven million. So, oh, okay, I, I didn't even see that. He'll be no worse off for it. But at the end of the day, I think, and he won't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, who cares? <laughs> I think you know, uh, a you know, a series of companies like this with Phil Spencer at the head looks a lot better after what's happened the past ten months than Bobby Kotick. So, even if he is gone, and even if he does get a massive payday, I mean. That was also one of the first things that came to mind when this actually came down was this might actually be good for what's been going on at Activision and Blizzard in terms of company culture, how people are being treated there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, yeah. it, we'll, we'll have to see. We may never know how that actually shakes out, but things seem to be going downhill pretty badly for uh you know the people that work there so i mean that that is one thing that hopefully we can say right off the bat is gonna is gonna change about these companies that mean so much in our industry right so. it's gonna be a wild ride and it'll be really interesting seeing people uh the reactions the reactions today have already been a lot of fun i, I posted this tweet earlier today and um Let's see, it says, I said, look, I love PlayStation as much as the next guy, and I think major consolidation like this is bad for the consumer and the industry at large. But instead of whining on the internet all day, you could just, you know, buy an Xbox. And, like, part of that's a little satirical. I know not everybody can even get an Xbox, let alone afford one. I understand that. Uh, I also, you know, am a proponent of people um, just, you know, playing on PC anywhere they can, anytime they can. Uh, but, of course, that's not always possible either. But the funny thing is, like, like 10 people unfollowing me oh my god <laughs> seriously without saying anything just, i'm like who cares like dude the- i i just don't i don't really have a problem like if you want to only play on playstation that's great if you want to only play on xbox that's fine but like quit whining yeah i'm just i don't like it either but like this is the reality just if you want to play the games play them where you want to play them yeah, or dude. play them where you can play them you filtered out the xbox from your twitter t- twitter following <laughs> now you know which ones are which right is it consolidation though? I mean, I feel like Microsoft's done a really good job at, at avoiding that with with the way how accessible they make their games, both on yeah. PC, which anybody can go out and buy, and and Xbox. Like it's not as we have you've you've championed this approach for a long time, Ben. Where it's like it's not really an Xbox exclusive because they're all on PC. So oh yeah, yeah, it's not, absolutely. You know, I, I haven't seen anyone use the word monopoly or monopolistic or anything like that. I have seen consolidated thrown around a lot, but Wait, you haven't seen anyone use monopoly today because that's all I've been. Yeah, saying. I, no, I'm I like, haven't seen is, that. But this is I, not a monopoly. I know it's the same thing, but I mean, yeah. it's just in, in the way this, this is sort of boiled out. I, I don't really see it that way. And yeah, if, if you're going to restrict yourself that much where it's like, I only buy Sony PlayStation and I only play their exclusive and I only play in their ecosystem, then Microsoft right. is not the problem. It's right. <laughs> you can't close yourself off that much. Like you really right. can't. So I would say it's, it is like technically the definition of consolidation. They're, you know, they're consolidating more companies down into fewer companies. And granted, these companies will still exist under that and the studios will have their own, you know, legal entities and everything. But it is 
less companies competing. I mean, they're all going to be working together in some sense. I don't think it's monopolistic because there's still plenty of options out there and you don't have to play these games in order to play games at all. Uh, just because a company owns something doesn't mean like if you said, well, it's not fair that Microsoft can't sell Apple products. Well, no shit. Like, of course, it's not right. Uh, or it, it is fair. It's totally fair. They own, they own it. Uh, but no, that's not a monopoly either. So I don't think it's monopolistic, but I do think I mean, I think it's in the traditional sense consolidation. Uh, I like seeing more companies have to compete with each other. Uh, the, the thing I'll say about like people being able I, I agree. It's totally great for. Uh, Xbox games to be available on PC. I think that's awesome. Of course, Microsoft's still making all the money on the PCs themselves, or most of the money, depending on what what variety you get of a PC. Uh, if you're using Linux or something, not so much. But there's, to me, it's not necessarily about the about the availability of them. Uh, it's more about the fact of the ownership of companies. And I'm not sure that that's good for the consumer. Ultimately, it may be better for the companies and the corporations and the even the games themselves. But when people have less options to buy from, there's less. I think there's less incentive for companies to try to win their business. Uh, now that said, I see even though they're out to make money, they're there to please their shareholders. I see Xbox as a friendly, a pretty friendly consumer-facing entity. I mean, they've done a lot of stuff to make it nice to be in their ecosystem and play on their systems and play their games and buy their game pass and everything like that. I think that I think they're doing many, many right things. I think Sony's doing many right things, but I do like for the same reasons, I don't want to see 10 cent, which take the Chinese component out of it. I don't want to see 10 cent buying up everything. Cause I don't want one company to own everything. I just really like having diverse interest, I suppose. Fair. No. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Ben. Um, I just hope this doesn't make Activision somehow more money hungry. I really, I'm with Dave on the sense Isn't that I awesome? that I really want to be helpful for all this. I, yeah. I I hope that Microsoft can straighten out some of the funk that has kind of creeped its way into a lot of Activision's product products over the years. Um, and I just hope that with a bigger presence in general that Blizzard can just get their shit together as well. I mean, I really do want to be helpful through all this. Um, this could actually yeah. bring some really good change. Uh, I'm worried about the future because I don't know what it's going to be, but I guess I want it to be good. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. We all want it to be good. I do have a specific question for Brandon on this. Um, obviously, you being a big Call of Duty fan, I you, you came to mind pretty quickly because I thought, you know, of, you're the biggest Call of Duty guy I know. Um, what do you in the next few years hope comes of this for that franchise specifically? I think that the ramp up of product from these companies have been insane and they've been able to, to monetize very quickly out of, out of a lot of it. But I feel like because of that, they have kind of put the base content, what you get for $60 on the back burner. I'd like to see a mm -hmm. refocus, um, in Activision to not only continue to strive to make as much money as they can, but to not do it at the behest of the people that have only paid $60. Um, and I just think, yeah, just like an overall refocusing, I think, for the company, because I feel like people complain more than they ever have about all of these games constantly. Um, and I think that they can be great and they are great a lot of the times, but um, potentially with some new leadership and some new guidance from big boy company, um, they'll kind of, uh, see it through to the end and hopefully, hopefully just keep on keeping on, man. Yeah. Nice. For sure. Boys, do we have anything else to say about Microsoft and Activision? Anything? Any, any, I don't want to cut it short. No, there's a, honestly, there's a lot to be said, but we could have probably taken the whole podcast to bullshit about it. So it's just, sure. it's, it's very interesting. Um, and we don't really know a whole lot, but I'm sure we'll know more by next week at this time. Yeah. And if we don't, we can speculate more. I'm sure more questions will come up and uh, we'll, we'll, we will ask the question, will Crash Bandicoot be the new master chief? That's the answer. Is my yes. Question. Will yeah, we get master Excel chief. integration into the next doom game? Holy shit. We get that paper clip. Can I use dude, Excel on my Xbox? Dude, clippy, dude. 
I gotta tell like, you though, it did feel. I did. What feel... would Excel and Might and, and Doom have to do with each other? They're already they're already together <laughs> before this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because because Doom was playable in Excel or something like that. I think so. Yeah, I think so. The the, the possibilities are endless. But I, my closing thought for this is is I felt good being uh, being an owner of a Series S and Game Pass today. Um, yeah. Again, have no idea what this means long term, but I read right. it and I'm like. Cool. I'm glad I own that. If I didn't, I'd, I'd feel like I wish I had one. So. Dave, actually, yeah. after you saying that, I'm kind of there. I feel like I'd be sweating a little bit more if I didn't have the Series X. I would just be a little bit more concerned, but I think that's kind of alleviated some of the concern on my brain about the whole thing. So, no, yeah, and yeah. I mean, we said it's not going to happen for a while anyway, but still. Um, yeah. Well, who knows how, how soon it'll be till they start integrating things. I mean, Bethesda's some of Bethesda's stuff started coming over to Game Pass and everything before the deal was inked. So. Dude, every Call of Duty ever on Game Pass. Could you imagine? That would be a lot. Wouldn't dude. that be cool, though? But they don't... I don't know that they're obligated to put all their old games on there, even from anything they've said, just future games. Still. Uh, future games are day one on Game Pass is basically what they've said. Whether or not they, they go and put old ones on is totally, you know, up to them. Yeah. And if it's even possible, we shall see. We shall see. Boys, it's time to talk about what games we've been playing. Brandon, I think you have a shorter list. You go first. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I've just been playing Deep Rock um, Galactic um, pretty much all week. I had a couple days off. I've just been chilling around the house um, and I've been fitting to play some mining, uh, some mindless mining. Um, so yep. really been enjoying that. Um, I've leveled two of my characters almost to prestige now and really trying to get in towards the end game stuff. I'm trying to get all my friends caught up to me so that way I can do some of the harder stuff. Um, but really, really interesting and keeps surprising me occasionally. Um, even though I played it for double the amount I played it last week at this point, but, um, what a great game. Um, and yep. I, I'm pleased I didn't have to pay for it, but I would gladly have paid for it at this point. Um, I did actually pick up a couple cosmetics pack, a couple cosmetic packs, which I don't usually do, no matter what. Um, yeah. I've probably bought like one or two my whole life, um, and I don't know. I just feel like I put a lot of time into this game, and I'm still enjoying myself quite a bit. And from what I see on the subreddit, it's a pretty small team, and I really wanted to give them some of my money um, because I think they put out a great product. So. Now, just really, really enjoying that. It's been kind of a nice, fine, um, just an infinite, infinite miner, just kind of mindlessly mining all day. So that's really about it for me, unfortunately, but um, pretty good nonetheless. Nice. So Cool. Dave, you and I have both played a little bit of Deep Rock. Have you played much more than the night we played together? Oh, you've been rock and stone, brother. <laughs> right. so rock and Brandon, stone. Brandon has got me hooked. This is okay. all I've not necessarily, it, sorry, it's not all I've played, but the vast majority of my last week has been with Deep Rock Galactic. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go over exactly what Brandon just said. Brandon inspired me to go do something that I've never done before, which is to go and buy cosmetics. Cause yes, Brandon, I did that exact same thing. Wow. I bought the starter pack for 13 Canadian dollars, which is about 87 us cents. <laughs> um, but it's the same. Like I got that game for free. It's on PS plus. Um, and, and it's, it's a small team. They've gone through like an amazing journey to get to this point. This game launched in beta in 2018. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, we've heard a little bits about this game here and there, but I, I'm so glad it came and, and Brandon got me to try it. Uh, it's so much fun. I've even got it on PC as well. Um, it doesn't have that cross play cross save and I really think it'd be good, but I don't think it's something we're getting, but in any case, this, yeah, uh, just to echo everything you said, Brandon, thank you for getting me on this game because I think I might be with this one for a while. Um, and, you know, you call it a mindless miner. And I uh, I think that, you know, I, I know you don't mean it as it's a mindless game, but man, these missions are involved. I've tried some yep. missions solo. Uh, I played with a lot of randoms. Brandon and I played with you a couple times now, and it's fun either way. And, um, yeah, I mean it's it's just it's just a really really good game, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad we've discovered it. So um, so yeah, as I mentioned, been playing with you guys and some randoms. Uh, I've also been playing quite a bit of MLB The Show 21 um, because a group of friends uh, and I started a custom league, which is pretty cool. There's five of us, and we all pick one team from a predetermined division in this team in this turn. Uh, 
instance, it's the NL West. So we all pick one team from that division, uh, play three games against each other total, and it's it's a cool little league. Uh, we stream every single game. So if we miss like me playing somebody else, we can go back and watch it later. And yeah, so it's uh, that's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of video games with other people, which is exactly what I said I wanted to do. So I feel good. I feel good, fellas. Nice, good. dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so I've pretty much only been playing in addition to my normal stuff is uh, Deep Rock. And I echo almost everything you guys said. I haven't yet bought any cosmetics, even though I did think about it because I've been playing a little bit on PC with one friend and then a little bit on PS5 with you guys. And I kind of want to find out where I'm going to land more before I like do that. It really, it's a great game. I love the game. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've played a good bit of it. Not as much as I would have liked to, but a good bit of it. And I just can't, like, there's something that's keeping me from getting fully involved. And that's the fact that, like, whether I'm on PS5 or whether I'm on PC, I can't, can't level up the same characters. I can't you know, keep that progression going. So that's really kind of bothering me right now. I wish that I was playing it all on this. I don't mind if it's on PC or PS5. I just don't want it to be both. Right. And so that's bugging me a little bit. And I just wish that that was there. I wish it was just as easy as, you know, we want it to be. I know there's more things involved with that. And, you know, even some things on the um, uh, publisher side or the, uh, the, the owner of the consoles side. So that's a little bit irritating, but I'm enjoying it enough that, I'm going to keep playing it and play wherever I can with whoever I can. Not whenever I can, but a good bit. Uh, I find myself like <laughs> laughing about it in my head about Rock and Stone and everything else. So this is the game I think I had told you guys I downloaded three times on my PC and just like kept not getting to it and deleting it. And many people had told me to play it. And then finally, Brandon, when you mentioned you were going to play it, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a Ben game. Yeah. I like this game. <laughs> so... I uh I'm enjoying it too. So that's pretty much that's the extent of it. And by the way, an update on my on my uh New Year's gaming resolution. I have I've continued to push for commendations and Sea of Thieves. So it's I'm nowhere near finished, but you know, I'm getting there. I'm I'm pushing. I'm getting more of them completed. Yeah, I've I've kind of failed um already. Um but what was yours? I forget. Just just to complete some of the stuff I haven't finished. Um, oh, okay. I took about a week. Well, that's not a failure. I took about a week break from Guardians, and I should have just kept pushing through. I need to get back on it, but got to stay on top yeah. of it. Oh, and to just mention something, they did say they acknowledged the fact that they really wanted crossplay in the yeah. in the roadmap, but they said no promises, unfortunately. Right, um, like you right. said, Ben, it can be kind of involved. So, and I know they're a small team, and I know there's more work than just like, oh, let me click this button and link it together. Right. I know that's there. I but. wish it was easy. Yeah, of course. I, you know, I wish we lived in a world where it wasn't even an issue, but right. Uh, one more thing, newsworthy. I think this came out today, and I just now saw it. Like it, it popped up in my like I opened Reddit and it was there. Uh, Microsoft has now has twenty five million subscribers or for Game Pass. Twenty five million. Uh, we knew that they had eighteen million a year ago, and they just announced they had twenty five. So I mean, that's not really that big of a surprise between Forza and Halo Infinite coming out. Uh, last quarter for them to get a good bump but there's also just more people getting on it uh and then i also saw i don't want to say any specifics because i can't remember them but the, some of the npds came out and showed that halo still ranked really high halo infinite even though it was a game pass game and and multiplayer was free it still ranked really high on the npds for december so i think that's awesome dude and a uh, new avengers dropped i think today really and halo yeah for halo nice it look, okay it looks really sweet check it out sweet boys we got anything else are we wrapping it up i think that's it any dreams right. and a shout out today dreams and a shout out. yeah <laughs> what the hell dude throw back like two man, years ago throw back <laughs> too far back okay sorry yeah yeah uh no i have no dreams or a shout out this <laughs> well, what about you done fucked up how about that one you guys remember that one i think i think we retired that one with with the old podcast yeah, you're probably right show. you're probably right yeah all right, boys, everybody out there, thanks so much for listening, for hanging out. Uh, remember, you can chill in the Discord, handsomefandom.com slash Discord, or support us on Patreon for a dollar or more a month. You get ad-free early access, all that good kind of stuff over at patreon.com slash handsomefandom. We'll see you next week. 
The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom is supported by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Hoot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Canham. 